Thanks for joining our online campus today for another sermon from the series Build, where we're looking at Ezra and Nehemiah, how God used the Jewish people to rebuild his temple and the priority that rebuilding the temple took place during this time. And so we want to encourage you to jump in with us as we're looking into Evangel and how we can build the church itself through the different things that we are doing currently with the Build series. And if God has touched your heart through this message and this sermon series, send us an email at connect.etag.tv. Or if you'd like to faithfully support this ministry so that many people around the world can hear sermons just like these, you can do so by going to etag.tv and clicking on the give link there. Now get you ready to prepare your heart for another incredible message from Pastor Gary on the sermon series, Build. There's nothing worth more I could ever come close Nothing can compare You're on the Let's stand together, everyone.
this morning from Deuteronomy 28, and it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. I want you to slip your hands up because we're going to claim these blessings of the Lord. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way, and shall flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thy settest thy hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and he shall establish thee as a holy people. Brothers and sisters, I want you to lift these offerings up to the Lord. Congregation, let's dedicate them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do not take lightly this act of worship. For Father, we are fulfilling your law and your word this morning. And God, we claim your blessings upon the giving of your people today. And we dedicate these offerings to the storehouse so that Father, there will be meat in this house that we can reach a hungry, a thirsty, a world that needs to know Christ before it's too late. And Lord, we consecrate these for the service whereunto they are intended and we bless them. And now, Father, I lift my hands and I bless your people. We have read in their hearing the word of the living God. And we decree and declare according to Job 22:28. 28. You said, thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established. And we can decree nothing higher than the eternal word of God. And we release that by faith over this congregation in the name of the Lord. And everybody said, Amen. You may remain standing. Let's continue to worship through this song.
just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We honor your presence. I did not know that they would be leading us in that song in this service, but I had placed in my notes that when I got up here to speak, I wanted to welcome the Holy Spirit. And we just did that by song, amen? But could everyone do that by assent and say amen? We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come. Hallelujah. I want you to find your Bibles and turn to Ezra chapter 1. Ezra chapter 1. God bless you for your giving this morning. Thank you, Worship Arts Department, leading us in worship. And to all of the women, every woman, I encourage you to be a part of the women's conference that will be coming in September. And today only there is a pre-sale of those tickets. And that ticket cost today only is $25. And after today it will go up significantly. So ladies, you want to stop by the booth in the lobby and get that ticket today. You can look at the Sunday bulletin and see the three speakers. And when you see the three speakers, you'll go buy your tickets. Amen. Ezra chapter 1, today is part 5 of the series and the conclusion of the series, Build. Next Sunday, as I mentioned, we will begin the new series entitled Pentecost, marking off the days until the feast of the Lord, Pentecost. Ezra chapter 1, our foundation text for this series has been found in Ezra 1, beginning with verse 1. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled... The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, and he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and he put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Not only did he charge his people, but he had to charge a heathen king. And sometimes God has to get leaders in line with his plan, amen, to accomplish his plan. I don't believe he's finished with America. And I believe there's some leaders in America that are going to conform to the eternal purposes of God's word, amen. If God can stir up Cyrus, king of the Medes and Persians, who overthrew Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, and God set him in order at a particular point in history. I believe God's placing some people in high places at this appointed time because he's about to stir some things up in America. Amen. And he was interested in the building of the house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord, God of Israel. He is the God, which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of that place help him with silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, beside the freewill offerings for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites with all them whose spirit God had raised to go up and build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. And all they that were about them, strengthened their hands with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, with precious things, beside all that was willingly offered. You may be seated. God not only stirred the heart of a heathen king named Cyrus, but he had to stir the hearts of his own people to do the work of God. The people had been in Babylon for 70 years, and over a period of 70 years, you can get quite comfortable. You can settle down into a, 
a family routine, a, a way of life routine. But God was not interested in his people staying down in Babylon. This is all history, friends. God wanted his people out of Babylon and back into the promised land and to rebuild the temple that had been destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar in 586 B.C. And so the Holy Spirit stirred them up to build the temple. God is always behind building a house of worship. Soon after the people left Egypt and left Egyptian bondage, what was God's command to the people? None other than to build me a portable tabernacle, one that you can take with you for 40 years, and they built that tabernacle. Then he had David and Solomon in the promised land build a tem temple. He had uh, the temple restored here uh, with Ezra and, and then modified and rebuilt with Herod. And then that temple was destroyed in A.D. 70. I've got good news. There's another temple going to be built during the tribulation. And we know there's going to be a temple during the millennial reign of, of Christ for 1,000 years. Why? Because God is interested in a house of worship. In a place where people can come to worship God. I, I believe he's interested in this house of worship. Somebody say amen. amen. You need to attach your finest energies to what God shows clearly in his word he's interested in, and that's his temple, his house of worship. Your time, your talents, your finances. I, I want to tell you, it is clearly revealed in God's word how interested it, he is in the places of worship. When he chose to reach a nation, he always built a temple. When he chose to reach a city, he built a temple. Amen. And when he marked a place with his presence and marked a, a nation and marked a city, he put a temple in the midst of it. God is interested. And as we have seen the missions movements over the years and st strategy for reaching the world with the cause of Christ, I want to tell you, the mission strategist will always tell you there's nothing more important than planting a church. You know, you can be involved in a lot of good causes. You can do a lot of good things in life. But you need to be attached to some of the things the word reveals are the heartbeat of God. And God built a temple and God built a church. Amen. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The Assemblies of God numbers about 13,000 churches in the United States, in our denomination in the United States. About 375,000 worldwide. Yesterday, I received a communication, a letter from our general counsel of the Assemblies of God uh, that declared in this letter that out of the 13,000 Assembly of God churches uh, in the United States of America, Evangel Temple in Jacksonville, Florida is number 27 in missions giving. Can somebody say praise the Lord? You want to know why Evangel Temple is blessed? Because we read in the word what God blesses and we get in line with what God blesses. The stronger the local church, the more the church is able to do for missions. And we can never do enough for missions. Amen? In chapter 2, the families and the children that had come out of Babylon, God is redirecting them now out of, uh, had gone into Babylonian captivity. God is sending them back uh, to Israel to repopulate and rebuild the temple and restore the nation. But the first thing they were commissioned to do when they got back to Israel and back to Jerusalem was build an altar. Contrary to our greatest imagination, contrary to our greatest uh, thoughts about national security, and I believe in a strong national defense. But I, I want to tell you, friends, a $13 billion super aircraft carrier that's being released to be built right now is not going to save America. We need altars rebuilt in America. I'm going to just come down and say amen to myself right there. 
We can have all the aircraft carriers we want to have, but if we don't have God on our side, friends, we don't have good national defense. And we need God in America. We need to rebuild some altars across this nation. And before they built the walls, in fact, the walls were not built for 100 years. They built an altar of worship to God. Even before they had the house of worship, before the foundation was laid, they built an altar on the exact footing and foundation where the original altar was. And they began to offer up morning sacrifices and evening sacrifices. And they kept the festivals of the feast of the Lord because they began worship again. We need to restore worship in America. Then the foundation of the temple was laid. And once the foundation was laid, there was loud weeping. Everybody say loud. And then there was shouting. Everybody say shouting. Verse 13 says there were loud shouts of joy and there was weeping because they had seen the fulfillment of what God had promised. I want to tell you it's important to be a part of a church that's passionate about souls. Amen? A church that's going somewhere. A church that has a vision. A church that believes in reaching the lost. Amen? I was reading an article recently that there were, and it gave the numbers of churches in America that did not have one conversion to Christ last year. And I thought, what a crying shame. They might as well close up shop and be something else. I want to, I want to tell you, the church is about seeing people's lives change. Eternity's change. Amen. And God has given us a, a vision to fulfill what Jesus said, that he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail. There's a modernistic philosophy today that is circulating. They try to disguise the church and make it, dress it up to look uh, anything other than what a church is supposed to look like. Amen. I want people to know when they drive down Interstate 10, this is a house of worship, not to just some uh, other deity, but to the Lordship of Christ. I want that cross and that cross uh, if you go and look downtown in the records, is one of the highest points in the entire west side of Jacksonville. I don't think we can lift the cross high enough. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. And we're going to lift up Jesus. I'm not going to hide the cross. I'm not going to bury the cross because I believe a Savior went to that cross. We're not going to have our little coddle sessions and kumbaya sessions. We're going to preach the word of God. And I believe lives are going to be changed. When hindrances came to the work of God, God had to stir up a prophet. I want to tell you, he stirred up Jeremiah and a king, a heathen king, read the words of Jeremiah. God can still use his word to get into important places of our land and to stir leaders up if they get a hold of the word of God. Why do you think the devil attacks the word more than anything else? He doesn't want people exposed to this word because it will stir their hearts up. If you get the law of the Lord out into the public arena and into people's lives, things begin to happen. People get stirred up to start living in accordance with the word of God. And so God used Jeremiah's writings from many years before to stir the heathen king of the Medes and the Persians. And God caused him to go back uh, to send people and rebuild the temple. But it didn't stop there. The work of the temple, the foundation was laid and then hindrances came along. Obstacles uh, came in front of the people of God. And so the work ceased for 15 years. And God sent Zechariah and he sent Haggai. And they begin to preach and they begin to prophesy. I still believe God has some prophets in the land. Amen. 
and they declared the word of the Lord and it stirred the people out and they got busy with the house of God and the Bible says they finished. But I want everybody to look at chapter 6, verse 14. Ezra 6, 14, because it's important you see this. God is still, still releasing even prophecies today through his prophets. Verse 14 of Ezra 6, it says, The elders of the Jews builded, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Iddo. And they builded and finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel, according to the commandment of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. God used those prophets to stir the people up, but the people were prospered in their work. There have been people that have stood in this pulpit since January 2014, this January, and have prophesied over this congregation that God had given them a word for this congregation. But I went back and I began to re-listen to and watch. It was a VHS that had been uh, dubbed over to DVD, and I watched yesterday afternoon the service from 16 years ago this morning. This building was not here. We were under a tent on this property. And 16 years ago, pastor got up and a man had come by the church a few days before and had given a prophecy over this church. And pastor read that prophecy 16 years ago this morning right now. It was about 11.45. I was watching that and I took note of the time, but. That man prophesied that the cloud of God's glory, in fact, he called it the glory cloud is coming and will settle over this church. He said there will be significant changes in this church for the better. Fear will be restored to the house of God. I want to tell you there's a lot of houses of worship in America that have lost the fear of God. I'm going to come down and say amen to myself right there. There would be financial miracles released upon the people. A joyful spirit of giving. This man had never been in this church, but God called him to prophesy over this church. And there would be a spirit of love that would prevail and be released upon this church. And every one of those has been fulfilled. And somebody say amen. amen. God caused a man to stand in this pulpit in January, and he said that God has sent the oil and the meal and everything we need for a miracle is already here in this house. Another man stood in this pulpit and he said, God is going to release a supernatural supply. Another man stood in this pulpit and said, revival's not just coming, it's already here. Amen? Amen. Point number two in chapter 7, verse 6. It begins to say, and it says it a number of times, that the hand of the Lord was upon God's people. It says it in verse 6. It says it in verse 9. Verse 10, Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the Lord, to do the law, to instruct in Israel the law, and to give the people the word of the Lord. In verse 14 through 26, free will offerings were received, and the law of God's word was emphasized. In verse 28, the hand of God was upon them. In chapter 8, verse 21, they proclaimed a fast to seek God for the right way for us, for our little ones, and for our substance. Do you realize they actually fasted and prayed over their substance? That God would bless their substance? He shows this very scriptural pattern here. If you're not praying over your substance, friends, you're missing what, uh, an important part. You ought to be blessing and speaking blessings and praying and fasting over your substance, over your little ones, over your families. Amen? 
And God was entreated in verse 23, verse 31, yet once again it says the hand of God was upon us. In chapter 9, as a result of them arising to rebuild and to go back, national revival began. At some point in every revival in American history, God has used a man, he has used a people. It always started with small groups. I believe the small group of 140 people that prayed yesterday. I'm telling you, all day long there was intercession going on. Last night at 6 o'clock, the presence of God was so thick you could cut it with a knife last night. I'm telling you, God was in this place. But God has always responded to a remnant of people that would pray and seek the face of the Lord and call upon God. And this remnant of people that came from Babylon went back to Israel and obeyed the word of the Lord. God awakened a national revival. The word of God was declared and revival broke out in Israel to the rebuilding of a nation. And you look at American history and whether it was the, uh, the prayer revival that started with two businessmen in New York City or the great awakenings of our land or, or the other revivals that have hit through Kentucky and, and North Carolina and other pockets of revival that shook so many areas of America. It began with a small nucleus of people, Jonathan Edwards and the revival in New England. Just one man preaching the word of God and sparked a national awakening. And somewhere God's looking for a church in this hour that will stand up and say, we want America to turn back to God in this hour. We want a national revival. Yet once again to awaken this land to its spiritual footing and foundation. God never honors pulling back. He never honors mediocre faith. But what God does honor is the harvest and planting of seed by faith. And a, a, a farmer has to sow the seed by faith. A farmer has to put the seed into the ground. First, Second Corinthians chapter 9 says, He which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Every man according as he is purposed in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8 says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always have all sufficiency. How many would like that? That you always have all sufficiency in all things, and you may abound to every good work. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both ministereth bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness which causes thanksgiving to God. This is one of our families in our church, their farm. And God's hand, good hand, has been upon that farm. But I look across this congregation right now and I see the junior high students have joined us. In just a minute, our children are going to join us. But I see across this sanctuary the lives and the, the businesses and the people who have been blessed by the good hand of the Lord. How many would raise your hand and say that God has blessed my life? Come on. God has blessed me. You know what that does? That acknowledges that your source is not your own hands. But I want the hand of God upon my life. I want the hand of God upon our church. I want the hand of God upon our children. Amen. I have here a book. And I want Pastor Keith to prepare to blow that shofar. Somebody find him. This book is entitled, God Owns My Business. And about 16 years ago, I had this man stand in the pulpit. It was across the hall there in the thousand-seat sanctuary. 
But this man every year gives away millions of dollars to his church and to missions. And they said it could not be formally or legally done, but he did it. But his, his business was written so that God owns, literally owns the business. And God has prospered. And he tells the story. And I had him speak at CPR. He tells the story. God's hand has been mightily upon my life. You can never outgive God. And when you make God not only the partner of your business, but the head of your business, I want to tell you, you've, you've just set yourself up for the incredible favor of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Church, it's time to build. Online campus. You know, recently we had a service where so many people were watching, it just boggles the mind. And I thought, God, and I had them pull the stats this week and give me the stats. And in recent weeks, there have been 78 nations of the world that have been watching these services. 78 nations. And I began to look over all the places of our world where people are watching from. It's incredible what God is doing and how the gospel is getting out. But God's interested in revival and God's interested in touching businesses and touching lives and facilitating the harvest. But Proverbs 29 says, without a vision, people perish. And church, it's time to arise and it's time to build. And it's time to do something significant for the cause of Christ. And it's time to see God do a mighty work. Amen. Just before we blow this shofar, Pastor Cecil is coming. And then we're going to blow this shofar, and we're going to celebrate the goodness of God. Amen. I'm going to take my notes with me because he took my notes when he left off the pulpit last early service. Amen. It's time to hurry him up. In 1978, our church had a vision. We wanted to move across the street from the small building and small congregation to this side of Ramona and build a thousand seat sanctuary. We could not find in this city a source of financing. And so I knew from prior experience in Memphis, Tennessee about church bonds. And so I prayed and asked the board to approve and the church to approve issuing church bonds, which would be sold to the people and through their investment, we would finance the building of a half million dollar building. It was a big decision to make. And God led me to, as we were fasting and praying about it, to Jeremiah chapter 32. And in Jeremiah chapter 32, Jeremiah had a problem. He was in jail. He was in prison in the king's palace where Zedekiah had been appointed the king over the remnant that was left in Israel when he took the first part of the deportation to Babylon in the 70-year captivity. Now, Jeremiah had prophesied this 70 years of captivity. And it was in about the 10th or 11th year of the captivity that God spoke to him and said, your cousin is coming to see you, and he wants you to buy a field in Anathoth. His father has died. You're the next in line to assume this responsibility. And even though people are leaving in the captivity and the real estate bubble has burst, I want you to buy the field, weigh out the money, subscribe the evidence, and give the evidence to Barak the scribe. 
Tell Barak to bear that evidence in an earthen vessel. For after these 70 years are over, I'm going to bring my people back to this land. And houses and lands will be built. The temple will be rebuilt. The wall will be rebuilt. And people will buy property in Israel again. This will be your seed faith. And I will bless your act of faith. Jeremiah bought the property. He subscribed the evidence. Six times in this chapter, the word evidence is mentioned. Six times, evidence. I have a copy of the church bonds that were issued. And people bought those bonds. We kept a list and a register of those bonds in my office. And the secretary and myself kept a record Every six months, as bonds matured with interest, we notified the bank who would be coming, and we sent a letter to the people who held a bond with that maturity date. They went, and no one was ever denied cashing in their bonds and accrued interest. Interest at 8%, 9%, or 10%, depending on the length of the maturity. And so when it was over, and the last bond had been cashed, we had a celebration day. Not one person lost a penny. Not one person. Every bond was redeemed. One of the people who purchased bonds was Leon Wilkerson. That is a name that you remember well with a rock band from Jacksonville. And I preached his, he got saved in this church. I preached his funeral when he died. After his death, his estate cast in the bonds that were held in his name. Friends, I want you to know the evidence is real. What you're doing today is evidence of your faith. And God is going to honor that and reward. And two years from today, we will celebrate that God made it possible for us to reach the goal that we're setting on this evidential pledge today. My wife and I are in our 80s. We don't know that we'll still be here two years from now. And so we're leaving instructions that our entire pledge and commitment be paid out of our children's inheritance. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want Keith to come, and it's time to rejoice. It is time to blow the shofar, and we're going to celebrate the goodness of God. Keith. Let's give praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. Shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah. It says in Ezra, their voices were heard afar off, shouting the praises of God. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody stand and lift up your voice and give praise to God. Friends, what we're doing, we're arising and God says shine and his glory would come. 
A wonderful part of this whole spiritual journey is how it's touched the lives of our children. They fasted for their substance, for their families and their little ones. And I want us to give a great shout and applause to all our children. They've been saving money in their piggy banks. Amen. Come on. Come on, parents. I'm excited. Amen. Come on, children. Hallelujah. Come on. Start that music. The children have prepared a little rap song. Amen. Arise. Come on, let's give our children a hand. They're still filing by. I, I don't even see the end of this line yet. Amen. It's still coming in that back door. Pastor Chris to come. Amen. God love you. Children, we love you. And one more time, parents, let's give them a big hand. We still got them coming in the back door, so we got to start funneling some of them out. Amen. Here's Pastor Chris, uh, accompanied by Pastor Jordan over junior high and Pastor Dusty, our senior high youth pastor. Aren't you thankful for the youth ministry of Evangel Temple? I tell you, we are touching teenagers in a great, great way. And I'm extremely proud to present this check today. And uh, in some ways, it's the largest check going to be written today. 
I knew you'd get that. But you know, we're excited. I I've watched some teenagers really sacrifice. And uh, we really challenged them over the month of April to, uh, to give a first fruits offering last Wednesday night, the JV, and even in some Sunday school classes, they gave sacrificially. Some, one eighth grade young lady, one eighth grade young lady has given all three of her paychecks through the month of April and into May to arise because they believe in it. We believe in touching our future generations. So this check is not a pledge check. This is actual monies received as a first fruits offering, $2,500 just in the last week from all of our real life student ministries at Evangel Temple. So thank you so much, real life student ministries for believing in the Arise campaign, amen. Come on, parents and adults, let's give it up for our children, our grandchildren, our youth, amen. Now I want every adult to be seated for just a moment, and I want you to take out that pledge card, and I want my wife to join me here. I want you to prepare your pledge right now and your first fruits offering. We, as we mentioned, we're believing God to help us build these two buildings and to pay cash for these buildings. And it's going to take, we don't have, uh, we didn't start the building fund, the Arise Fund, with any monies. And so what comes in in the first fruits is going to allow the building committee this week to allow the architect to go ahead and start drawing the documents on the lodge that will be the first building that will be started. And uh, that lodge will bless this. There's not a person in this room that you won't be blessed by that lodge, I promise. You're going to receive the benefit. and you're going, to, you're going to thank God we built that on these property. Hey, little ones, God bless you. Amen. Amen. Oh, here's the little ones. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on through here. Brian Nettles led this whole parade in his wheelchair. 16 years ago, he had led the parade. That was under the tent 16 years ago this morning. God bless you, Brian. You've been a wonderful part of this church. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I want every person and every person watching, I want you to take that pledge card and I want you to look at a two-year commitment whether it's by the month, whether it's an annual amount or a weekly amount, maybe you want to give a memorial gift or an asset gift. But I want you to also sow in behalf of your business. I have watched people that sowed in Vision 2000 and in the original vision many years ago, 36 years ago when we built the thousand seat sanctuary. I've watched people, their businesses prosper and God rest his hand on their lives. And I've watched him do incredible miracles that only heaven records all of them. And I want to challenge from your business to make an investment in a rise and from your personal family and finances. My wife and I have prayed and we're taking a, the largest step of faith that we have ever done. And God is stretching us and it is, we're willing to make sacrifices and we've talked about those sacrifices because we believe in this vision. I believe we're going to see the miracles of Christ abound. And we're going to see them for this church. Amen? And to every person that this is your church home through an online campus, I challenge you to be a part. But I want you to right now take this card and I want you to fill it out. And I want to pray. Father, we welcome the Holy Spirit to come. 
and to prepare our hearts. God, with great faith, faith that will honor you, steps of faith that will see you work miracles through our lives. That, Lord, as we plant seed and as we sow for this generation and the next generation, to touch the lives of thousands of people and to see eternities changed. God, I pray that faith will arise in this house and every worshiper, every person that's a part of Evangel Temple, oh God, will see you work mighty miracles in Jesus' name. I want all of our Arise committee to come and I want all of our deacons to please come to the front right now and you can bring your spouse with you because uh, uh, we want your spouse to be in the giving, but we're going to we're going to start the giving and I want everybody to stand and Jennifer's going to lead us. And listen, there's no way we can get everybody in this altar area, but at the break, there are four baskets. There are four baskets right there on those tables. You can give in those. And if you can wait about five minutes so that we can dedicate these offerings. But we're going to sing and I want everybody to make your way. There's three baskets down front, four at the break. Everybody in the balcony is going to have to come down. Amen. But I want you to step into the water and watch God work the miracles for your family. Come on, let's sing it together as you come. You can use anything can you up here if I hope everyone knew that you could put your first fruits offering as well as your card in there we will total this up and give the church family a report this afternoon but I want everybody to lift your hands because we're going to claim the blessings of heaven right now over every person that's a part of this church we did this 16 years ago this morning and I'm telling you family after family down through the years will attest God's hand was mightily upon this church and we have stepped into the water this morning. I challenge every person that's a part of this congregation, you have to physically step into the water. And as you do, God's gonna cause the miracles to happen. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as we as a congregation have taken steps of faith, Lord, we know that it's about seeing souls come into the kingdom and affecting eternities for the lives of so many people that God, you've allowed us to touch. 
And Lord, we pray your blessings upon our online campus. We pray your blessings upon all of those that are in worship here, O oh God, and all of our church family. And Father, I command the blessing. Lord, I thank you that Ezra shows us clearly that your hand was mightily upon your people and that you caused miracles to take place. And Father, we declare the prophecies of Ezra, the prophecies of your word. We declare the prophecies that have been spoken even in this pulpit in 2014. Father, to be yes and amen, to be true over all of this church family, over the businesses that are represented, over the homes, the family finances, that God, this people will be prospered, this people will be blessed abundantly. Father, I am declaring on this, this very first Sunday of May, exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, according to the bountiful riches of your eternal grace and glory, we release those upon your people in Jesus' name. I want everybody to say in Jesus' name. Now I want us to lift up a shout of praise to the Lord. Come on, come on, come on. I tell you, I believe we've released heaven. I believe heaven has marked this day. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Come on, one more time. Give the Lord praise in this place. We give you praise, Lord. We glorify you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless each and every one of our great church family. And we are excited about what God's going to do. Amen. And in closing, I want us to bless Israel. Amen. We sowed that seed this week. As you know, back in October, we sowed seed in Israel on behalf of this church. And the blessings have not stopped coming. But as you give every week, as your pastor, I'm asking you to mark it arise. And the church will be faithful to bless Israel. You mark your giving because God has instructed us. He gave us a particular strategy. Every time God gives vision, He gives strategy. And God gave us a particular strategy of how we're to do this as a church family. And so I want everybody to, to be a part of that in what God has put in your pastor's heart. You mark your gifts, arise, and then we're going to tithe off of those gifts. And we've already sent a, a first fruits tithe ahead this week. Amen. Amen. But I want you to lift your hands and I want us to pray over Israel now. Amen. Everybody. And the revival starts today. Hallelujah. Father, let what we do bless the nation of Israel. Let what we do, God, we speak peace in Jerusalem. Lord, I speak over the old city area first, Lord. And I pray that you will bless the streets of that city. God, I pray that that will be a spiritual haven of rest. I pray over the entire city of Jerusalem, Lord, all of the areas of that city. May Jesus be exalted. May Jesus be lifted up. And Father, we declare the unity of that land, not the division of that land. We apologize and re repent for those that would like to divide that land. And Father, we know your eternal purposes will be fulfilled. And we get on board with what you've revealed as your will. And we bless Israel today and we speak the peace and safety of that land. But more importantly, the spiritual rebirth to their Messiah. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout amen. I want you to hug about five or six people. And some of you make your way down and greet Jay Fant and his family. God bless you. Be back tonight. Amen. Don't miss tonight's service.
at 6 o'clock. God bless you.